everybody. This is Cynthia Barnes with another episode of Unstoppable with Cynthia Barnes. And I have none other than the amazing Sherry Levitin with me here today. And a quick story about the uh, power of my next guest. One day I was out at a conference and Sherry did a keynote and she rocked the house. And then the next day we were at a roundtable discussion and she came to me and she said, Cynthia, you are incredible. She said, whatever you are charging people to speak, you need to double it. And that was the first time any woman or any man had ever come to me and said that I was worth more than what I thought I was. And ever since then, I have the courage to stand up and demand what I'm worth. And it's all because of my next guest. I can't wait for you to hear her. Sherry, how you doing? I'm doing so good. I, I'm vibratingly good today. Maybe it's the summer solstice. You know, the, if you think about it, the summer solstice is it's the day with the most light in the year. So I feel like everything's light and bright and shining. And yeah, I just feel a lot of light around me. Good, good. When we vibrate on that frequency the universe conspires to give us more, right? So true. So true. You know, that's why, you know, I always say, you know, are you looking for what's right? Are you looking for what's missing? And, you know, good energy just creates good energy. And when you're on a roll, you stay on a roll. You do. uh, You do. So yeah, it's a, it's a good, happy time. The world is opening back up. I feel the energy, the excitement, the hugs, the hikes. It's all good. Good to be here, Cynthia. It's great to see you so shiny and bright. Oh, thank you. I am, there's nothing wrong in my world. And talking with you today, I've been on pins and needles, excited, nervous. And I know that our audience is going to love every drop that comes out of your mouth. I know it because I do. Well, thank you. Thank you, my dear. Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. So you just returned from a conference outbound in the Atlanta area. How was it? Oh my God. It was so fun. Nobody had been anywhere for a year and a half. Right. And I will tell you the audience was different. I think they were a little more subdued, but the content was amazing. It was great to be with people, particularly those types of leaders, both men and women. And I will say, I'm going to do a little plug for the leaders, uh, Jeb Blount, Anthony Iannarino, Victor Antonio and Mark Hunter. They are men that really support women. And that's why The women were delighted to be there. We share the stage with them. They want our opinions. So I think it's important to realize that sometimes it is hard for women. And very often there's men that are your greatest mentors and supporters. And those are four men that are top notch. Yes, they are. I've met them and they are. They are excellent. And I love that they are advocates for women in sales. And that's so important. Indeed. So what was your biggest takeaway from the conference other than that? I think one of the biggest takeaways was really the need. You know, we're in a hybrid world, right? And that's what I talked about. I did my brand new keynote, which I'm so excited about, called The Adaptive Seller and how we need to adapt to survive and thrive. And I talk about the four pillars of adaptation. We need to adapt the way we connect, the way we ask, the way we show value, and the way we engage in a hybrid course, the acronym is CAVE. Don't live in a cave. Be brave. Don't live in a cave. But I think my biggest takeaway was this whole idea of hybrid because they, 
you know, we had a virtual audience. We had Bernadette McClelland, who was in, you know, leading the charge in Australia, who's fabulous and all those people. And I guess the biggest takeaway is I'm just seeing this new world and this new environment of omni-channel communication, both with customers and with sellers, and our ability to impact more people across the globe as we enter this new space. And here's what I'm excited about. What I'm vibrating about is I grew up in sales in the 80s. I've been doing this a long time. I've had a lot of great mentors. and But I will say that I think we're in a time, Cynthia, where as women, as leaders, as sellers, we have the opportunity right now to redefine what success means. Mm-hmm. And I say that from all my heart because I remember in the 80s and the 90s, you know, if there was a hashtag then, which there wasn't, it would have been hashtag hustle, work till you die. Yes. You know, and, and this whole, you know, the sales leaders would be like, you know, you sleep when you're dead, you know, and, and all this like work, work, work. And look, I love to work hard, but I think what this new hybrid virtual environment is giving us the opportunity to do is to reassess what success means because work isn't a place. It's a state of mind. So we can do it ever anywhere. And when we can work from home and balance, I don't think we're having a conversation anymore about work-life balance. Michael Dell said it best. He said, today it's life-work balance. And I think that the more we combine what I call the triangle of happiness, the more we can really integrate this idea of sense of purpose, which is our work health and wellness. Without this commute time, you know, we can you know, do our yoga, do our walks, whatever it is, our prayer, our meditation, whatever gives, you know, connects you to your higher purpose. Um, So this idea of health and wellness and relationships. And so again, whether you're going into an office or you're at home, I feel a change of priorities in this new world after COVID to say, hey, I'm not the center of my universe, but I can create a meaningful life and a whole life and I can redefine what success means to me. And particularly for women, you know, I can be a mom. I can, you know, do all of these things. And now I have more options. Yes, we do have options. And I think that the last 18, 15, 18 months have, have proven that we do have options, even though the stories we tell ourselves may be the opposite. I don't have options. I'm stuck. But no, we're not stuck. You mentioned something about the importance of relationships as part of that triangle. And if there's one thing I know about women in sales, it's that we are awesome at relationships. One thing I also know is that we don't tap into those relationships like we need to, to thrive. Why do you think that is? It's a great question. You know, if you look back to, you know, how we evolved, right? I mean, we all know that men tend to be more competitive. Women tend to be more collaborative. And I think that, yes, women, by nature, we're more collaborative, we're more empathetic. We know that. We use more parts of our brain. Uh, We talk five times more than men in a day. I don't know if you know the statistics. We say five times as many words. You know, we, we have, you know, a greater range of emotion. But I think there's something we have to combine with that empathy. And you said it in the beginning, and that is courage. And The key to success is this combination of empathy and courage and knowing when to have which. And by the way, at the core of courage, Brene Brown taught me this, who I love, is uh, the root word of courage actually means heart. 
And so my feeling is, is that if you have enough heart about your passion, your dreams and what you do, you can muster up the courage to make those difficult connections. I want to tell you a quick story because it's pretty meaningful. Um, and you may not know this, but my career really took off in a big way five years ago from one courageous moment in my life. I'd had a training company for years. We were extremely successful international, but I was a big fish in a small pond. I was in the hospitality vertical. And so I always wanted to get out. I always wanted to be in tech and in healthcare and in other industries. But I, I honestly, I, had, I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if my message would transfer into other verticals. I hadn't even written my book yet, but I did have an opportunity to speak at the National Speakers Association to a very small group. Uh, because I was doing good work with online learning. And we're sitting in the bar and the person, Charlie, who bought, brought me there said, is there anybody you want to meet while you're here? There's a lot of big speakers and interesting people here. And I said, well, if I could meet anybody dead or alive, it would be Gandhi, Amelia Earhart, and Jill Conrath. He says, I can help you with one of those. <laughs> The other two are dead. He said, in fact, Jill Conrad's right over there. Now you have to understand, I had been reading Jill Conrad's books for years. And in my mind, she was, she was my best friend in my mind, right? Because, you know, she just speaks like, she's such a powerful woman, such a powerful leader, but she speaks like you're her best friend, right? And I just, I, I, she was my Mick Jag, right? She was like, oh my God, if I could ever just meet Jill Conrad. And he says, she's right over there. And he says, I can introduce you. So what do I do? I stand up. And he says, no, you sit down. Jill Conrath comes to you. Got it? You're Sherry Levitin. I went, okay. That was nice to hear, like what I said to you, right? That empowering moment. So I'm pretty nervous because he comes back and he says, she said she'll say goodnight to you. Uh, it was 9.15, just before 10. She wants to go to bed early but she is going to come by and say goodnight. So I'm nervous. So I have a little liquid courage. I have a little glass of wine. Like, oh my God, Mick Jagger's coming. Mick Jagger's coming. But this is like one of those moments, right? Like, are you going to have the courage? Because I, I always taught people the call you make is the call you must make. The person you're scared to meet is the person you must meet. And I feel this tap on my shoulder at about five to 10. I look up and there's Joe Conrath. My heart's beating she says, hi, I hear you wanted to meet me. So I just wanted to say a quick hello. I'm Jill Conrath. And at that moment, this courage, I said, oh no, you sit down. We have lots to talk about. Waiter, we'll have a bottle of whatever she's drinking. What? I owned it. Good I for owned you. It. In that moment, I owned it. Yes. And two and a half hours later, at 1230, we were laughing so hard we were crying and I said to her, I know this is like asking Mick Jagger to sing at a birthday party, but I teach a class at the university. And if you would come speak at my class, I will put you up. I have a rental house during Sundance for you and your husband because I researched you and I know you love movies. She said, you had me at hello. My life changed when I met this one human being because we became dear friends. Like I consider her one of my dear friends to this day not just like way outside of sales now. It, she comes out every year for Sundance. We do stuff together. 
But then she introduced me to Lori Richardson, who introduced me to sales pros, who introduced me to you, who introduced me to Mark Hunter, who introduced me to Outbound, who helped me write a great book, who helped me get that book out there. And now as women, we are all connected through this women sales pros group with the ethos. I think that's what it is. We all have this shared belief that there's enough success to go around. So now I'm with this group of women that, oh, you want a contract? Sure. You want to see what I charge? Sure. How can I help you? There is no lack mentality anywhere. There is no, oh, if I give you this, then it might hurt it people. And that's what women do. And so I tell you that story because you say, why don't women use their network? Ladies, Take a shot of courage. Don't drink a glass of wine in the morning before you get on a call. But like literally my, the take home I would have is make a list after this podcast and write, who are 10 people that could change my life? What are 10 things I could do? 10 calls I could make. And even if they seem impossible, there's a great discovery question that I love to ask clients. What in your life is there that you know is impossible But if you could do it, it would change your life. Write that down or write those people down and then ask yourself the follow-up question. What would make it possible? What would make it possible? Because it is possible. Wow. Because it is. It is. You got to have courage, which means you got to have heart. Yes. Yes. I love that story. I never knew that story. I thought that you and Jill were just, I don't know how it came to be. Now I have a greater respect for the union because I think the world of Jill, I think the world of Lori Richardson and the whole group of women sales pros has been nothing but helpful. That abundance mentality of if I have it, it's yours. If I can get it, it's yours. We all know that they print new money every day. And that a closed fist can't receive. So when you give what you have been so graciously given, you get back more tenfold. And I love that about the women. Now, now here, let, let me show you the karma of full circle. So this was about, and you're so right. It's like this idea of, of just giving to give, right? And this was, I'm going to say a year ago, Andy Paul, who I met through Jill Conrad. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Everybody's going to call Jill Conrath right now. That's going to be like the takeaway for this. Like, ah, that's the call I'm afraid to make. She's retired. Um, but at any rate, what I was going to say, but there is somebody in your life, right? Everybody has their own Jill. But um, I was coaching a some kind of sales contest for Andy Paul, who does a great podcast as well. And there was this girl on the podcast. She actually didn't even win the contest. Uh, it was a video. But there was just something about her. And I went, this gal's special. Her name is Jordana. And I just thought, I'm going to reach out to her. I just like her. I knew she was just starting her own uh, training company. And I just fell in love with this girl. I thought, God, she's got talent. She got spunk. And we started talking like every couple of weeks. And I just, you know, helped her the way Jill helped me. I, oh, do you want a contract? Here's a contract. You want to see how I charge that? Oh, she did it. And this had gone on for, for several weeks. And at one point, she says to me, she says, Sherry, uh, like, how do I pay you? Like you're an executive, you're executive coaching me. I, I need to pay you. I said, no, no, Jordana, you don't understand. You can't pay me. And she said, well, why? I said, because somebody did it for me. And when I tried to pay her, she just told me to pay it forward. So you're my pay it forward. 
That's a beautiful and story. And now it looks like she's going to be a sales pro. And uh, yeah, it's just, we women, it's just like, it's a chain, right? It's a chain. It is. And that's, that's how we get better. We know that when we rise up, we've got to reach back. That's how it keeps going and going and going. It, it's crucial. So your book and your words changed my sales process and essentially changed how I engage with prospects and customers. When you were writing Heart and Sell, what was the biggest thing that you learned? That there's no money in writing a book. (laughs) Say it again for the cheap seats. (laughs) What did I learn while writing the book? I think I learned it's really easy to know something and it's really hard to do something. I believe wholeheartedly in everything I say from having a growth mindset to, you know, leading with empathy and all of these things. But those are words. Actions are harder. And I I just have to say for anybody who's listening, you know, just because you wrote a book or you have a podcast or you're a keynote speaker doesn't mean you have it figured out. Far from it. You know, I think I learned from writing the book that, you know, you can really distinguish these things. But I'll tell you, I, I, I thought of I was on a run this morning and as I was running, that's when I get my mind together, I thought, you know what? I should pick a different universal truth every week for the next 10 weeks from my own book because I'm not doing them as well as I could be. And, and so I guess that's the biggest learning is that we're all learning all the time. And even if you write the book, <laughs> it's practice, right? There's Colleen Stanley talks about a knowing and doing gap, right? Like it's one thing to know something, it's another to do something. And so if you want to really change your life, it takes work. It takes effort. You got you to gotta have habits every single day until they become part of you. I did that with running. I started running two years ago and rarely a day goes by. I don't run at least three miles. I just, it's my time. It's me time. Yeah. I think that the more we research, the more we do, the more we realize what we don't know or the greater the opportunities are for us to learn more. So it's a constant cycle of, yes, I learned this today. And here's what I don't know that I've got to learn tomorrow. It never stops. It never stops. And particularly when it comes to spiritual practices, right? So it's one thing to have the knowledge. It's the spiritual practice of, you know, everything's going great. And I'm running today. And I had this wave of sadness. Like I could just feel it in my body. It was in my lower back. And I thought, okay, I need to just breathe into this sadness and try to figure out what it is. Because it could be a memory from 15 years ago. It could be a memory from childhood. And to realize that that's just an emotion. I'm not my emotions. But be it, like be part of it, be present to it. And then it passed, you know? But again, I just think that, you you know, the growing and the learning, it's not just the books we read, it's growing and learning and being in our own bodies and in our own hearts and having the self-awareness to say, you know, there's pain in life. There's emotional pain, there's spiritual pain, there's physical pain, and you have to feel it and go through it. And I think to be really successful, we have to change our relationship to pain mm. and say, you know what? Of course, it's going to hurt. Is there growth without hurt? And again, it's not just physical pain. It's rejection when you're in sales. It's like, OK, now I've got to deal with this pain of rejection. I got to deal with the pain of 
maybe Jill Conrath would have rejected me. She might have said, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. Or, yeah, nice little girl. You know, it could have. And, and believe me, that happens plenty. Because the, the, the higher you get, the, the farther you reach, the more rejection you're going to get. But if you can change your relationship to pain and say, it's just pain. So what? You just got to embrace it. Go through it. Too many people want to medicate, drink through it, eat through it, smoke through it. Sometimes you just got to sit and be in it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to sit and be in it. What is the number one challenge that you faced early in your career? Insecurity in its many forms. How insecurity manifested for me is I would need too much attention or I would talk too much. And I will say as a woman, I I had a very high position very quickly. I was the youngest vice president of sales for Marriott and the only woman in that position. I was 30. You know, I was making very good money. I was able to buy real estate at 30, a nice car. I really rose up quickly. I remember I was a new manager who knew nothing about being a manager. And I was this pre-internet. I was to call my mentor, my manager, every night and tell him about the day I was in charge of that. It was a property I was in charge of. And I used to call him up and my downloads would sound something like, okay, well, tell me about the day. And I'd go, you couldn't believe what Susan was wearing. I mean, oh my God, she came in here, you know, and she's wearing like this crazy hat. It just looks stupid. And then there was Rania. Oh God. And then Dell shows up. He smells like cigarette smoke. We got like, this would go on. Like I'm talking to a girlfriend at a bar, right? Like this would go on like for 20 minutes. And I realized he started calling Dave DiBerdino instead of calling me. Now I could have gotten all huffy and go, oh, you want to talk to a man instead of a woman? Or I could look at where I was falling short. And instead I thought, well, what are you doing wrong? So I started listening to Dave's calls with Steve and they were much shorter and they were much more to the point. And so I started saying, well, we had 18 sales out of 40 customers. Our win rate was 24%, this, that. I started doing that. He went, thank you, Sherry. Have a great day. And he started calling me again. But I think my lesson was men and women are different. And I think I used to talk too much. I think I used to try to um, prove myself. I think I had a lot of drama. If something didn't go well, there was a lot of drama. And I'm not trying to generalize, but generally men don't like that. And so I learned to be more businesslike. Here's another thing, and ladies, this is really important, and I didn't learn this till I was at least 40. You want to have power and be taken seriously in the workplace? Lower your voice. Yes. Lower your voice an octave. This, hi, how are you? Nobody's that excited to see us. Or, you know, like, it's, it's a little cheerleader. And I think I used to default to that. Early in my career, I'd just be too excited. I had to talk. I had to monopolize meetings. Now, I know a lot of women have the opposite problem. They don't speak up enough. You know, we all have that, you know, whatever it is. But that was certainly a big challenge for me. And I think, you know, women can go either way. But it's, it's having that confidence and that balance. And that was really hard for me at first. Wow. I was told early in my sales career that women should never smile within the first three minutes of meeting a, a male prospect. And I said, why? And they said, because you won't be taken seriously. You'll come across as friendly and flirtatious rather than serious and businesslike. 
Oh, well, that was another thing. I, I mean, I used to, you know, I was never one of those gorgeous girls. I could dress and, yet, you know, I was always spunky. And as I was younger, you, you know, maybe cute, but I was never like one of these knockout girls. But I used to like wear the tight black skirt and the high heels. And I finally had somebody say, you know, do you want them looking at your body or do you want to look, have them look at your contract? Because you don't get both. Right. <laughs> Men are going to look at right. one thing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's no problem anymore, Cynthia. But I, I will say, you, you know, particularly for you younger women, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to dress like a business person. You do. And your clothes should never be a distraction. You can wear nice fitting, properly fitting, size appropriate clothing and show up feminine without being a distraction. And and I know that I'm going to get a lot of flack on this. Why can't I show up authentically as myself? You're listening to a woman that has lived it, coached on it, trained on it. Listen to Sherry. She's right. Now, I will say, once you have people in your life and you want to, you know, like now, um, sure, I'll, I'll, depending on who the customer is or the relationship, if you've earned the right, yeah, I'll have calls when I'm on a hike. But, you know, it's I earned. It. It's earned. And you got to know your audience. And do you need to be yourself? Yes. But that doesn't mean you need to be boring either. And you need to, you know, like be who you are. I think, you know, the reason our videos are going so viral on LinkedIn right now is, you know, for, for many, many years, I had a guy working for me. This was just four years ago in his thirties. And he said to me, you know, sure, you've got to stop it with these really corporate. So I'm just saying there's a balance here. You got to stop with these really corporate type videos. He says, because you're not connecting to people my age. You know, I'm in my fifties. He's in his thirties. I said, what do you mean? My videos are great. It's like, ah, you know, you're all dressed up and you're, you know, outfit and you're in front of the proverbial bookcase, you know, and, and you're not connecting, you know, with people that are younger. And, and as I'm talking to him, because I live in Park City, I'm, I'm on a trail all the time. I'm hiking and he goes, yeah, just do like a LinkedIn live or, a, or do a Facebook live. I didn't have LinkedIn live then. Do a Facebook live. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm all sweaty and gross and I don't have any makeup on. He went, exactly. Exactly. So I'm all ticked off at him. I go ahead and I do a video because he dared me. He had 12,000 views. Like, wait a minute. And, and I realized it was because authentically who I am is I'm a little bit of a tomboy. I'm an outdoor girl. You know, I'm always out on a bike or hiking or, you know, doing something in the outdoors. And so I started, I thought, wow, well, if I can produce these on LinkedIn and Facebook, it's a lot easier than writing a blog because like I'm a really slow writer. I mean, it took me forever to write the book. So I thought if I can just do videos, so I started doing videos on a horse or fishing or, you know, like skiing in a kayak, like whatever. And it was different. I want to, uh, uh, again, the, the sort of the theme of this podcast is balance, right? So do you need to be conservative in the right environment? Yes. Do you ever want to look like a sex pot ever? No, but be who you are and don't be afraid to be who you are. And so I think it was just different. People were like, oh my God, like, you know, she went skeet shooting with her son and she's holding a shotgun and talking about don't be a shotgun seller. Like, this is weird. Like, I'm not used to this, you know, and that's kind of become my trademark. But I, I guess what I'm saying to you women is that, you know, if you wanted to be a thought leader and you're really into, you know, whatever you're into, if you're into knitting, if you're into being a mom, if you, you, you know, just be who you are. I guess is what I'm saying without being offensive, but that authenticity has got to come through 
And just don't try to be like everybody else because there's too much noise on the internet. There's too much noise in the world and you won't stand out. And, and, and don't be afraid um, to admit your flaws. Don't be afraid to admit when you can't do something. You don't have to be the best at everything. You have to know what you're the best at. And if you're not good at something, tell people. That's not my strength. I don't do prospecting. I, I do middle of the funnel. I, and, and I do keynotes and I train people how to train their sales teams. You want prospecting? You know, talk to Lauren Bailey. You know, that's what she does. She's way better than I am. You do that, you've got real power. That, that's confidence. That's confidence right there. Exactly. I was talking to a prospect yesterday, and the, the more I'm listening to them and how their challenges, all I can think is a list of people that could help them better than I can. Yes. And they said, can you help us? And I said, I, I don't know yet. It would be malpractice. And if I did say that, I need to do some research, talk to some people, and I'll let you know. But the whole time I'm thinking, you know what? This is not my lane. This is not where I thrive. And for me to put myself in a lane and say, I will ramp up, I will learn the material, I will, no. Right, mm -mm. right. No, you're so true. That's so true. No, I need to, it, as McDonald's calls it, you, you put your aces in your places. You never put the manager on the French fry station during lunch hour because they need to get change for everybody. You don't do that. So Aces in places. I love yes, that. Aces in their places. And as thought leaders, as subject matter experts, whatever we want to call ourselves, we've got to stay in our lane because too many of us, even women in sales who are working for someone, they, they want to say, well, I can do this and I can do that. No, boo-boo, you can't. And you shouldn't because your customers and prospects will be confused and a confused mind does nothing. Exactly. You confuse them, you lose them. I love that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we started the conversation talking about building a network and not being afraid to reach out. I guarantee you, if you say no and flip that to somebody else, it, it, the universe just helps. It comes back tenfold. Yes, I have to because it's, I would be doing them a disservice if I were to say, yes, I can help you. It's not worth ruining my reputation. It's not worth them getting a bad experience. They print new money every day. So why should I be afraid to hand it to someone else, right? And let me also say right now, if you're listening, you know, depending when you're listening to this, we are in June, uh, just after COVID, and the world is opening up. And you started with something, Cynthia, and I am going to say that people want to spend money, people are excited, people want to get back. We are in a boom time right now. Take advantage of it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So what are you working on now? Oh my goodness. Well, we've got keynotes up the wazoo just coming from all different directions and a lot of them are virtual. And so we go to a studio and we give a live like rock star experience. I mean, it's just decked out and we do, we just did a, a virtual event where, you know, we had contests and we sent, we said there was a cool prize. We sent gourmet ice cream to the winners. So just doing all of these amazing things. Um, but in addition to the keynotes, we're doing a lot of masterclasses on virtual selling. So if you're a team, we're not making them available for individuals, but if, but if you have a team of people that you need to upskill on the four big shifts on how to connect through the digital divide, we have had not just great comments, but we're seeing real evidence 
of increases in wind rates, increased pipelines. So we're making a difference and we're tracking it and can prove that this course is actually uh, helping companies to increase their sales cycle time and increase their win rate. And, and again, have this virtual way of connecting. So we've been doing a lot of these um, really fun masterclasses, keynotes. I want to be working on my new book, but we've just been too busy to do it. So that's what we're doing and keeping balanced. I've got um, family coming in this summer. I'm going to go on a little getaway with my husband to Seattle. So all of those things, seeing girlfriends. I'm starting a, I'm a terrible cook, like really bad. And I want, I love good food. So I'm having a girlfriend come every Wednesday to teach me how to cook one healthy dish. And then I'm going to make a little cookbook for everybody who contributed called Friends. Um, nice. So this cherry can actually learn to be okay in the kitchen. Okay. Find someone that can cook soul food. Healthy what's, soul food. What's soul food? Come on now, Sherry. Soul food. Ribs, cornbread, greens. Yum. Well, you come in. Do you cook soul food? I do. I do. Well, when are you coming over? As soon as, as soon as Delta says <laughs> there's a flight. I to- need one of those friends to teach me how to make it because my boys, I live with two boys. They'd love that. I'd love it too. Yes. You let me know and I will be there and we will, we will cook. I love it. Are you going to the NSA conference in Las Vegas? I am. Are you? I am. Yay. That's exciting. Yay. Yes. 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 I'm very excited. I know Meredith Elliott Powell is going, who's another rock star, powerful woman. And it's her fault that I'm going. Oh, well, there you go then. There you go. Yeah. So I'll be there with bells on in Vegas in the heat of the summer, but it's going to be great. And again, that's a fine conference. They have a lot of great content there, great connections. So I guess I'll get to see you in a couple of weeks. Yes. I'm so excited. I wanted to ask you if Time, money, and resources were not an issue. How would you spend 24 hours? Not that time, resources, and money aren't an issue, but I'm really happy to say exactly the way I'm doing it. (gasps) Oh, that is awesome. I really am living my perfect life right now. If I won the lottery, I'd wake up tomorrow and do the same thing. Now, I've worked hard to get where I am, but I will say... My mom's 86 years old. She's published 40 books. She's working on a play. Uh, She's now renting an art studio because she's now an artist. And she just went to keynote camp because she's a Holocaust survivor. And she wants to do keynotes. She's 86 years old. I'm picking her up in an hour because we're going to go shopping. But it's in my blood. The creativity and speaking and writing is who I am. It's not what I do. It's just who I am. So getting to do that for a living is amazing. And I do take time. I do take that balance. I do exercise every day. I love my husband. I love my boy. Has it always been that way? God, no. But right now I'm in a pretty happy place. And that's exactly what I would continue to do. That's what it's all about. And I love that you said, I take the time to do these things. Everybody gets 168 hours in the week. How we spend it is on us. But when we say, I can't do this because I don't have enough time, I just want to shake people and say, you do have enough time. You've got the same amount of time as Gandhi, Beyonce, and Oprah. How you spend your time is primarily, except for work, up to you. Create your life. 
don't just let it happen to you. And I love that you have well, created. Well, and you know, you know what I do now, and I'll give you an example. Like if, if you want to get in better shape, put it on the calendar. And it's just as important as any other appointment. You know, if you want to write a book, you know, that feels so huge to people. Put an hour a day on your calendar. And, and it's the consistency that leads to competency. It's consistency and, and creating that habit. But you've got to calendar it. And I have to also say, if you look at how much time we default into unproductive habits, change one habit and you'll change five. That is so true. That is so true. Where did you learn that? I, I don't know, maybe just trial and error, but you know, I love a glass of wine at six o'clock at night. But if I say, well, wait a minute, I'm just going to get on my bike for 30 minutes, or I'm just going to do yoga, or I'm just going to, you know, send three thank you cards. It's just, you know, having the discipline to, to change a habit. And what happens is then you start feeling so good about that one that other habits start changing. I think that's especially true with getting in shape. You know, it's, it's, it's like you start walking and you just start slowly and, or, or you start just doing something and it doesn't, you know, it can be mental, it could be spiritual, it can be yoga, which is great. But, but then all of a sudden your eating habits will change, right? They do. I got my Peloton and it just didn't make sense to eat the fried fish and spaghetti. I'll make it for my husband. Now I'll have it every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not going to have that because when you come, I'll have it. (laughs) But see, if you got the habit going, right? Yeah. Who in your wildest dreams alive would you like to meet? Anderson Cooper. Why? He's amazing. I have a crush on him. I have a crush on him. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Because he's so smart. He's so together. I don't know. He's like the child of royalty, practically. I don't know. I just always wanted to have dinner with Anderson. Maybe I need to figure out how to do that like I did with Jill. Maybe... Maybe Anderson needs to know me. Of course he does. Yeah, I think Anderson of course needs he does. to know me. Yes. Thank you for bringing that to the forefront. I think you should put out your feelers because there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon or six degrees of separation. I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now you're in on LinkedIn with a picture with Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Cooper I got it. And he's new baby. Yeah. yeah. It, for me, it would be Oprah Winfrey. Oh, why I don't said, you meet Oprah? I, I do want to meet Oprah. I said, I want to be the Oprah of sales until Oprah is the Cynthia of talk. You already are the Oprah of sales, though. I know it in my heart. I, I want to meet Oprah Winfrey. I want to I want to sit down and just be a sponge for however long she will pour into me. I have dreams about sitting on Oprah's couch in yoga pants and a glass of wine, just talking about life. Hmm. I've got to meet Oprah. So what what would be, have you taken any steps towards doing that at all? Like what would be the first step you would take? Because if you don't take an action step forward, I guarantee you she's not thinking, God, I really wish I could have Cynthia on the show. I mean, no offense, but if she was thinking that she'd call you because she can't. Right. So so you've got to make that move. So what would your next step be? What would one action step be that you could take? I would record a video and I would post it to my social channels and say, this is what I want. If anybody is watching, listening, and can connect me to someone that can get me closer to Oprah, let me know. And so when are you going to do that video? By the end of the month. I can't wait. I'll send it around. We'll see what we can do. 
Put it out there. Put it out there. I am. I am. The universe is going to conspire to make it happen. Yes. Thank you for putting a fire under me. I am so happy to have this conversation with you. And I know that our listeners are, are going to want to follow you and connect with you and be in your space. How can they connect with you? You can write to me at sherry at sherrylevitin.com. LinkedIn's really the best way. I, I produce three free videos every single week. I believe in giving value, 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 value. So follow me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place. And I think that would be it. Or you can go to sherrylevitin.com. You can buy my book on Amazon, Heart and Sell. Fabulous. Make sure you pick up a copy. It will change your life. Sherry, thank you so much for pouring into us your energy, your humor. We're going to work on Anderson Cooper for you and <laughs> for me, and we're going to make it happen. Sounds good. And, and don't forget the ribs. I won't forget the ribs. You just let me know when you're going to be home and I'll be there. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you everyone. This is Cynthia Barnes with another episode of unstoppable with Cynthia Barnes, Sherry Levitin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.